Preface of the Art of Dying Well This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by John Brandon The Art of Dying Well By St. Robert Bellarmine Translated by Rev. John Dalton To the Reader in presenting to the public another volume of Bellarmine's spiritual works, I trust that, like the one already published, it will be found not unworthy of the venerable author's reputation. He is not indeed equal to many of the great spiritual writers that lived about the time of the Reformation. Controversy was his chief delight, his characteristic but it is well known that in his old age, and in the holy calm of solitude, whether he had retired to prepare his soul for death, he composed several excellent spiritual treatises. Among these, The Art of Dying Well, will be found to contain many sublime and practical lessons on the most important of all arts. It is written with a beautiful simplicity, unction, and strength of reasoning, supported by many opposite quotations from the sacred scripture and the fathers. The remarks on the sacraments are especially valuable. I should observe that after I had translated the work, I found it had already been translated more than a century ago by a Reverend John Ball. But on comparing it with the Latin, I soon found that it was more a paraphrase than a translation, that whole sentences were omitted in almost every page, that remarks were inserted which were not in the original, and especially that everything connected with the doctrines of the Catholic Church was carefully expunged. The translator, however, acknowledges as much in his preface Wherever my author goes off into the Romish innovations, I have attempted to give him another turn. I must farther own that I have taken some liberty where it was proper to enlarge his thoughts, etc. This is now called by some living writers who are so fond of translating Catholic books of devotion, adapting them to the use of the English Church. Is it not a pity? that many of our best spiritual writers should be so translated by those of another communion, and that we ourselves should be rather backward in giving proper translations to the public. I trust that, by the blessing of God, this translation, such as it is, on so important, so momentous a subject, may produce some good fruit in due season. And if there be any who shall feel after its perusal that they have gained some spiritual profit to their soul, may I be allowed to make one humble yet earnest request. This is that such would bestow a trifle on me for the love of God towards enabling me to liquidate the debt still remaining on my church. Charity covereth a multitude of sins, and being the queen of all other virtues, she powerfully pleads for us before the throne of mercy, and induces the Almighty to bestow his divine grace upon us, 
that by leading a good life we may be enabled to die a holy death. John Dalton St. Mary's Church, Lynn, Norfolk Preface of Bellarmine Being now free from public business and enabled to attend to myself, when in my usual retreat I consider what is the reason why so very few endeavor to learn the art of dying well, which all men ought to know, I can find no other cause than that mentioned by the wise man. The perverse are hard to be corrected, and the number of fools is infinite. For what folly can be imagined greater than to neglect that art on which depend our highest and eternal interests, whilst on the other hand we learn with great labor and practice with no less ardor other almost innumerable arts, in order either to preserve or to increase perishable things. Now every one will admit that the art of dying well is the most important of all sciences, at least every one who seriously reflects, how after death we shall have to give an account to God of everything we did, spoke, or thought of during our whole life, even of every idle word, and that the devil, being our accuser, our conscience a witness, and God the judge, a sentence of happiness or misery everlasting awaits us. We daily see how when judgment is expected to be given, even on affairs of the slightest consequence, the interested party enjoy no rest, but consult at one time the lawyers, at another the solicitors, now the judges, and then their friends or relations. But in death, when a cause is pending before the supreme judge, connected with life or death eternal, often is the sinner compelled, when unprepared, oppressed by disease, and scarcely possessed of reason, to give an account of those things on which, when in health, he had perhaps never once reflected. This is the reason why miserable mortals rush in crowds to hell. And as St. Peter saith, If the just man shall scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? I have therefore considered it would be useful to exhort myself in the first place, and then my brethren, highly to esteem the art of dying well. And if there be any who as yet have not acquired this art from other learned teachers, I trust they will not despise at least those precepts which I have endeavored to collect from Holy Writ and the Ancient Fathers. But before I treat of these precepts, I think it useful to inquire into the nature of death, whether it is to be ranked among good or among evil things. Now if death be considered absolutely in itself, without doubt it must be called an evil because that which is opposed to life, we must admit, cannot be good. Moreover, as the wise man saith, God made not death, but by the envy of the devil, death came into the world. With these words, St. Paul also agrees. 
when he saith, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into this world, and by sin death, and so death passed upon all men, in whom all have sinned. If then God did not make death, certainly it cannot be good, because everything which God hath made is good, according to the words of Moses. And God saw all things that he had made, and they were very good. But although death cannot be considered good in itself, yet the wisdom of God hath so seasoned it, as it were, that from death many blessings arise. Hence David proclaims, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And the church, speaking of Christ, saith, Who by his death hath destroyed our death, and by his resurrection hath regained life? Now death that hath destroyed death and regained life cannot but be very good. Wherefore, if every death cannot be called good, yet at least some may. Hence St. Ambrose did not hesitate to write a book entitled On the Advantages of Death, in which treatise he clearly proves that death, although produced by sin, possesses its peculiar advantages. There is also another reason which proves that death, although an evil in itself, can, by the grace of God, produce many blessings. For first, there is this great blessing, that death puts an end to the numerous miseries of this life. Job thus eloquently complains of the evils of this our present state. Man born of a woman, living for a short time, is filled with many miseries. Who cometh forth like a flower, and is destroyed? and fleeth as a shadow, and never continueth in the same state. And Ecclesiastes saith, I praise the dead rather than the living, and I judge him happier than them both, that is not yet born, nor hath seen the evils that are under the sun. Ecclesiasticus likewise adds, Great labor is created for all men, and a heavy yoke is upon the children of Adam from the day of their coming out of their mother's womb until the day of their burial into the mother of all. Chapter 40 The Apostle, too, complains of the miseries of this life. Unhappy man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Epistle to Romans Chapter 7, verse 24 from these testimonies, therefore, of holy writ, it is quite evident that death possesses an advantage in freeing us from the miseries of this life. But it also hath a still more excellent advantage, because it may become the gate from a prison to a kingdom. This was revealed by our Lord to St. John the Evangelist, when for his faith he had been exiled into the Isle of Patmos. And I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. From henceforth now, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their works follow them. Truly, 
Blessed is the death of the saints, which by the command of the heavenly king frees the soul from the prison of the flesh and conducts her to a celestial kingdom, where just souls sweetly rest after all their labors, and for the reward of their good works receive a crown of glory. To the souls in purgatory also, death brings no slight benefit, for it delivers them from the fear of death, and makes them certain of possessing one day eternal happiness. Even to wicked men themselves, death seems to be of some advantage, for in freeing them from the body it prevents the measure of their punishment from increasing. On account of these excellent advantages, death to good men seems not horrible, but sweet, not terrible, but lovely. Hence St. Paul securely exclaims, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain, having a desire to be dissolved, and to be with Christ. And his first epistle to the Thessalonians, he saith, We will not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them that are asleep, that you be not sorrowful, even as others who have not hope. There lived some time ago a certain holy lady named Catherine Adorna of Genoa. She was so inflamed with the love of Christ that with the most ardent desires she wished to be dissolved and to depart to her beloved. Hence, seized as it were with a love for death, she often praised it as most beautiful and most lovely, blaming it only for this, that it fled from those who desired it, and was found by those who fled from it. From these considerations, then we may conclude that death as produced by sin is an evil, but that by the grace of Christ, who condescended to suffer death for us, it hath become in many ways salutary, lovely, and to be desired. End of Preface